Fall is here, there's a chill in the air, and the Anomaly Film Festival is right around the corner. It's November 8th through the 12th at the Little Theater in Rochester, New York. Check it out at AnomalyFilmFest.com. It's the fifth year of showing the best in independent genre films, action, sci-fi, horror, dark comedy, and really whatever else that you wouldn't get a chance to see on the big screen. It's Anomaly Film Fest at the Little Theater, November 8th through 12th, AnomalyFilmFest.com. Masters of Couch Potato Style Punches and Popcorn Welcome back to the world of Punches and Popcorn. Your Couch Potato Ninja crew is here with you to get reflective tonight. Uh, but before I get into the subject of tonight's discussion, I want to introduce my fellow Couch Potato pals here. Uh, as always, on the board, on the mic, and with the magic is our magic man, Matt Knotts. Happy New Year to you, sir. It is. It is a new year. Uh, 2020. 2020. It's, we 2020. never really left 2020, right? We're, we're still there? We're partying like it's 1999 tonight. <laughs> there we go. I don't want to reveal to the audience how old I was in 1999. It was not a necessarily super young age. <laughs> 38 years old he was in 1999. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You you nailed it. All right. Uh, and also with us is our genius ambassador, Jason Bills. Hey, how's it going? Going great. Festive. We're still festive, festive right, guys? Festive right. for the rest of the world. Excellent. And, of course, our professor, the walking weapon, Dr. Dominic DeMore. Good to be here. Happy New Year. And um, all I can say is Michael Huntone in 1999 was at keg parties in the backyard of dirty houses wearing a constable's hat, talking <laughs> way too high of a volume to oh, girls. That's what he was uh, doing. Something I like never to change. call it a bobby hat. Yeah, you know, something. I changed. wish I still had that. I need, I need that. How'd you get uh, it anyway? Oh, I, I'm sure it was one of the like uh, Arlene's or I don't know. Was it Spirit of Halloween yet back then? I feel like it was all Arlene's costumes. Some Halloween. That sounds story. right. Yeah. There's a constable with you know. a dirty secret. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I can't reveal. <laughs> Dirty Bobby. Dirty Bobby. <laughs> Uh, well, yes. So that's I, as your constable and your host, I am Mike Huntone, and uh, we are here tonight not to talk about a movie, but to talk about a year, the year that we maybe allegedly escaped 2022 as we look forward into 2023. So uh, just a little bit different for us tonight. We want to just look back on the year, some of the movies that were important to us, uh, both within kind of the wheelhouse of what we do here with martial arts movies and just overall and everywhere so uh, again we just have having a little bit of fun tonight guys looking forward to seeing you know 2022 what did it mean to you and that was not an intentional uh dr seuss <laughs> line I wish so uh you know the best way that i've uh think for us to get started is hopefully my genius here has a gospel of the guillotine ready for us i sure do yes Take it away. All righty. So we're talking about last year, 2022 in action. Obviously, we were focusing on punches mostly and kicking in our podcast, but I thought 
I'd kind of, you know, take a bigger, like, let's talk about the action movie in general last year. So, um, you know, I think like every year, we're just kind of excited to maybe get one or two movies for us. Like they don't have to be classics, but it's nice if they are. I think like maybe John Wick, Mad Max Fury Road, or even The Raid, which we covered. Um, and of course, you've got those tentpole studio action movies. We're thinking like the Marvel movies, you're expected to get some fun action in there. Even the most recent Avatar sequel had that as well. Um, but what made this year, or I guess last year now, exciting for me is it, it seemed to um, different genre movies started incorporating a- action. And um, so much so that even some of these movies are making like the rounds in the award season, like maybe something like Everything Everywhere All at Once, just won Golden Globes for acting for Michelle Yeoh and Kei Kwan. And if it's any justice, they'll also get some Oscar nominations coming their way too. The movie though, yes. isn't solely an action movie. It, it, it does contain at least like a few John Wick level fantastic fight scenes, but it's also has this like sci-fi multiverse family drama plot engine where action seems just like an amazing ingredient versus it being an actual action movie. Um, then there's also, we can talk about um, the big kind of Netflix Bollywood epic hit RRR, um, which is also getting award yes. season speculation. Um, with, you know, Bollywood, we expect obviously dance numbers, like epic running time. Um, but but action feels kind of, or even in this case, super stylized action seems unique to the genre, at least as far as we know, like on the American shores here. I'm sure they maybe have a, a ton over in India, but what we get over here, this this seemed pretty unique. And it's obviously it has the Bollywood musical, it has the, you know, the inflated kind of melodramatic drama, but also has some of the best, most insane action of the year, including at one point, one of the heroes, he uses a motorcycle as a weapon, not like Mission Impossible 2, like Kung Fu Tom Cruise motorcycle, like he literally uses a motorcycle like you'd use a baseball bat to attack someone. It, it's it's glorious. And just other quick examples, because I don't want to take up the whole show here. Um, think about um, Day Shift, the Jamie Foxx kind of like zombie movie. Um, that had like terrific action in it too. But in theory, you know, it's like a horror movie. Like that's sort of, I guess maybe like a, a fun horror movie where Snoop Dogg shows up to, to kick some butt. But like... So we got horror movies with action. We've got Bollywood movies with action. Even something like Violent Night with David Harbour. That's a, you know, a holiday Christmas movie with with crazy action. So, um, to me, like I, I can't remember a year like this where you know we don't have like a John Wick or something. We have all these other movies and other genres that are kind of just apparently just have amazing action in them. And I'm wondering if like maybe recently like filmmakers they tr- maybe don't want to make like an action movie, but they love what they're seeing. Cause like, I think modern action now, like they've got it, you know, with, with the stunt crews and the, the camera work, like they just have it like, like a, like a, I don't know I'm trying to think like a clockwork. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. So they just want to maybe like infuse their movie. Like, let's just have a couple cool fight scene here. So I thought that was kind of what was unique about 2022. And I, I hope we see it continue because as much as i love you know a quote-unquote action movie like seeing action movies or or action in movies that are getting a like award award buzz like that's amazing like if michelle yo like one best actress this year like that would just be like obviously a a career coup but it just exposes way more people to how talented and how you know wonderful she is so that is the gospel for this this installment oh that was great yeah i I totally agree with you on all that i w- just wonder how much like with the action thing it's be thanks to all the superhero movies they're just studios and i think that that's or that's the only type of action movie they want to sink budgets into and it makes me wonder 
you know, think back to a recent anomaly movie, Paper Tigers, that was it, yes. one of the most fun, entertaining, and well done action movies recently. And that was an independent film. Like, I wonder right. where, what other, yeah, you know, are there other independent, like small studio action movies being made that and that would be cool? Like, I think of how kind of horror re-arose out of some of this smaller, um, you know, which at one time was like outsider stuff, but like A24 that's now like everybody looks for A24, like has kind of led a resurgence there. It'd be cool to see, um, you know, with the talent that's out there and widely just, and maybe it's out there and I just don't know about it. So I'd love like if any of our listeners or people know like, hey, there's this action coming out of like this studio or these movies. Maybe you didn't hear of it. Um, I would have never heard of Paper Tigers if it wasn't for Anomaly. And I love that movie. That was so much fun. So it'd be mm-hmm. cool. And the other thing, too, because you mentioned RRR, um, you know, Bollywood is definitely a cinema that I don't know as much about, um, even though some of, my good, some of my good friends are very into it and have recommended a lot of movies. But I wonder, like, is action, like martial arts style action new to that genre? If not, uh, we'd love to hear if you know of movies that you like in that genre. You know, and other, we always are looking for new areas to go with uh, different movies to look at and explore with punches and popcorn. So uh, send them our way and let us know. Uh, we want to see all the cool stuff that's out there. So that's awesome. Thank yeah. you, Jay. Yes. Good stuff. Uh, all right. So, it, you know, looking back, I think one of the first things that we want to talk about, I think was really important and kind of spurred this idea for us to do a retrospective episode uh, was just realizing that, you know, we've, um, lost some really big giants in the big giants. <laughs> the you know some oh, giants. Woo! Oh. <laughs> moving a, on. Uh, we've as lost opposed really to the, the Rick Moranis and Ed O'Neill vehicle, Little Giants. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we've lost some <laughs> very important people in the movie world in the past year. So we just wanted to take some time to uh, just call back to a couple of those that were really impactful to us. We want to make sure as uh, not just martial arts movie fans but movie fans overall you know we care about this stuff enough to do a podcast and you know coming up on the end of our first year uh you know this stuff is really important to us so uh yeah i'll let you guys take it away dom do you want to start sure i can start um uh the person i'm gonna honor here is kind of unconventional because he's not actually the one doing the martial arts. This is a voice actor, and the voice actor is Kevin Conroy. Kevin Conroy did the voice of Batman for over 20 years. Um, He was at first, I believe, a soap star, and then he started doing the voice for Batman the Animated Series, which I believe premiered in 91 or 92 or something like that. And he did it for entirely that show's run. And, you know, then he did Superman and Justice League and video games and direct to TV movies and all kinds of stuff like that. And as I've said many times on this podcast, Batman fights, he fights with his hands. It counts. So losing him this year was very sad, very sad to me. If you are not familiar with Batman, the animated series, and you do like cartoons, I strongly recommend you watch it. If you don't have the time, watch the, I guess it's full length movie, uh, Batman Mask of the Phantasm. So it good. is wonderful. It is absolutely wonderful. So he's the martial arts star I would like to honor because he is the best Batman. Batman clearly is a martial artist. 
So I think it should be brought up on here. If I may, I'd also like to bring up um, some some actual martial artists that passed away this year. So as you know, yeah, do. I do martial arts myself and I enjoy watching martial arts. So there's several of them that passed away. So Stefan Bonner passed away. That's very sad. He was in the ultimate fighter and he fought Forrest Griffin, et cetera, et cetera. Rumble That's Johnson true. passed away this year as well. Uh, in the Brazilian jiu-jitsu community, Orlando Sanchez recently passed away at age 40. Uh, if you don't know who Orlando Sanchez is, he was called the Big O. Um, some people called him the tree stump, I think, because he was a very <laughs> solid, solid guy. Really nice guy, though, and unfortunately, he passed away. So the Brazilian jiu-jitsu and martial arts community lost him. And um, arguably the saddest, not that you should be comparing <laughs> but the saddest was leandro Lowe, who um brazilian jiu-jitsu former champion was shot and killed this year oh. um at a nightclub it was very tragic and senseless death it was the only one of these that i mentioned that is unnatural so um i think i should i think i should mention him and that had the that had the uh, mixed martial arts and jiu-jitsu community reeling and it was a very sad day for many of us so um my respects paid to all of them and yeah awesome yeah i mean uh kevin conroy to me like that's that is my number one batman is batman animated series have highly recommend people check those out and he just the voice that he gave to him to me that's like the best most iconic batman there is that you know we're all really sad to lose him and i'm glad you mentioned stefan bonner too i that was really close to the end of the year. And I was shocked by that. Like I, you know, I'm just a casual fan, but I think that Bonner Griffin fight is probably my favorite fight ever. That thing was just, you know, knock down, drag out. That was everything that, you know, I thought marsh mixed martial arts could be as a, as just a spectator. So really cool. Thanks, Dom. Uh, wonderful yeah. stuff. Uh, Jay, you got a tribute to provide for sure. Yeah. So I wanted to uh, talk about uh, more of like a, a movie director who happened to really focus on sci-fi and action. That's um, Albert Pune. We, we lost him this year, unfortunately. Um, he was sort of a, like, think about like a B movie, like genre guru. Like he kind of touched basically almost every, you know, B schlocky movie genre. Um, but he always, you know, elevated, he might not have had the budgets or even good scripts at times, but um, you know, he worked in the heyday of the eighties. So he went through all the, you know, classic genre cycles that, you know, we all went through if, if we were alive and enjoying those films, like he even had a sword and sorcery movie. It was actually, you know, his first feature film. Uh, um, and that was like in early eighties, it was called obviously um, something conveniently it's called the sword and the sorcerer. So uh, oh, really cool. on the nose there, um, but it's <laughs> definitely one of the better installments. Cause I mean, I've, I've watched a, a bunch when I was a kid, like a bunch of like cheesy Conan ripoffs. And this is absolutely one of the better ones. And um, he even got to, uh, work with uh van damme in, when he made cyborg and later yes. in the 80s when like i guess van damme was almost a genre at that time so that was his like uh contribution to the van damme genre is actually making a movie with van damme and i well, i mean i think i don't know i gotta revisit cyborg but when i was a kid that was a big deal to me well that was his follow-up to blood sport wasn't it van damme? Uh, van damme i believe so yes i think yeah. it was anyways yeah classic yeah yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Especially for, you know, if you're an 80s kid like that was a big oh, deal. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And then like if you kind of like 
parse away the the bigger titles that I just discussed, even though there aren't that many. Um, he had some like terrific little kind of movies. Like there's this movie called Vicious Lips, which I love, which about a girl rock group that has to travel to a faraway planet to perform in a concert. It's like a, a sci-fi musical, but it's ridiculous and so much fun. He did this other movie, Radioactive Dreams, which is a, a punk post-apocalyptic war movie. Uh, another one called Dangerously Dangerously Close, uh, which is like his version of like an 80s John Hughes movie, but um, you know, it put through his like mad genre grinder mind. Um, but the, the big one I want to talk about, this is more of a revelation uh, in the past couple of years for me, is this movie called Nemesis. And it's came out in, I think, the mid-90s. And it's such like a James Cameron Terminator ripoff, but it's just terrific. Like he would just, you know, pull everything out of a genre. And again, like he did, didn't have any of the resources and just make something super charming and lo-fi. And I definitely want to cover Nemesis. He actually directed four Nemesis films, but the, the first one's yeah. really one that I would love to for us to to talk about at some point and then just random stuff he directed the first captain america movie in 1990 oh, um i read somewhere that he was um he directed more canon films than any other director so this is definitely one of our guys and definitely someone we should celebrate and champion and um yeah i just wanted to mention him because uh you know he he, he meant a lot to us and something uh or at least to me but i i definitely know he was a huge uh it was a big deal for a lot of movie geeks Absolutely, man. There's a couple. I need to see that that uh, both of the vicious lips and what was the other one about the post-apocalyptic punk? Uh, that one's called Radioactive Dreams. Radioactive Dreams. Those both yeah. sound amazing. I need to see those. They're all that fun and great. schlocky and terrific. Nice, nice. Uh, we love that stuff. Yeah, we gotta. Yeah. We'll do a movie of his soon. We yes, have to. I demand uh, Nemesis. You're gonna. You're, you all of you will love that movie. Yes. All right. All right. We're putting it on the board. Uh, all right, uh, Matt, you got one for us? I do. Uh, we we kind of touched on him a little bit right after he passed. It's uh, Judo Jean LaBelle. Yes, um, yeah. Being that I, I'm a huge uh, professional wrestling fan, along with you know action movies and, and such, Judo Jean lived a, a storied life. Um, kind of the... the <laughs> He was everywhere at every moment. Uh, learned catch wrestling from Ed Strangler Lewis, trained with Luthez, Carl Gotch. You know, learned how, oh, wow. the art of professional wrestling. Uh, <clears throat> went in and and learned, uh, obviously, judo, right? And, and ended up training some of the hugest names or working with some of the hugest names. I mean, it, the list goes on forever. Chuck Norris he worked with. Uh, Ronda Rousey, he worked with later in life. Uh, Benny Arcades, he worked with. Rowdy Rowdy Piper, he worked with. Uh, wow. To this day. Wow, yeah. To this day, Brian Danielson uses the LaBelle lock as one of his finishers. Um, nice. He, uh, yeah, he, he, I don't want to say he's the, the Forrest Gump of action <laughs> action film, martial arts, and professional wrestling, but it seems like everybody's got a Judo Gene story. And all of them are incredible. We told the one about uh, Judo Jean and, and Steven Seagal, most notoriously, uh, on <laughs> yes. that show, uh, where, where Ju Judo Jean may or may not have have made uh, Mr. Seagal void himself. Um, <laughs> but he, he was a, a guy that really kind of blurred the lines between martial arts, professional wrestling, film he was larger than life um and he he's someone that that's really left his mark on the 
uh, three huge, huge, uh, three huge areas. So we'll miss you, Judo Gene. Um, I mean, we'll, we we see you pretty much every week on TV and in, in the folks <laughs> that you taught or in the, in the movies. So, yep. Th- thank you, Judo Gene. That's awesome. Yeah, Absolutely. a legend. It, only if it was only the Steven Seagal story that would make him a legend. But it's crazy <laughs> his impact in martial arts and the stunt world and is huge. Um, what would be funny is if. You had said like, oh, he actually he knew, learned and mastered all these this wrestling and martial arts, but he actually never lo- learned judo. It was just the just, just the gimmick. Like this is the one he didn't. So yeah, no, no, it, it wasn't, wasn't judo in air quotes. It wasn't judo, quote unquote. <laughs> right? <laughs> Not like Doctor Evil, <laughs> judo, judo. He was legit. Yes, yes. Um, all right, yeah, and I have a tribute as well. Um, I want to recognize Jimmy Wang Yu. Uh, someone, you know, my kind of wheelhouse is the old 70s, especially uh, Shaw Brothers martial arts movies. And Jimmy Wang Yu is one of the uh, centers of that. Who really rose to fame with the one-armed swordsman. He was the star in that. Uh, that was a really early martial arts film, 1967. That came out and it, that really propelled him in Hong Kong to kind of the top of the martial arts world he was at one point the highest paid martial arts actor in the entire world um until a little man named bruce lee came back to hong kong and started making movies and uh you know that he overshadowed jimmy wang Yu after that uh or at least in that meteoric level uh but jimmy wang Yu had a long career um both as an actor a director uh he acted and directed in some of the most famous fantastic movies that I hope we will cover soon, including, uh, of course, the legendary Master of the Flying Guillotine, uh, Chinese Boxer, The Man from Hong Kong. Uh, so a lot of really cool stuff. And he also has a really interesting um, kind of, I don't know if I would call it backstory, but there's a lot of legends about him and his personal life, rumors of, uh, you know, being involved with the, with the triads and all kinds of stories of him supposedly like beating the hell out of somebody on the street because, you know, whatever uh, feigned um, injustice was there just sound like he was a guy that uh, lived his life, just like the actors or the characters that he portrayed on the screen that he created in his, in his movies. So um, again, movies like uh, one arm boxer, um, the one-armed swordsman and master of the flying guillotine are ones that I'm sure we'll cover fairly soon. And they're really big movies in that. So, um, you know, and it's cool that he led a night long life, um, you know, just passed last year. So, uh, thank him for all his contributions to the genre. And I, and I just wanted to throw another sad one that came towards the end of the year that I just wanted to add in was, uh, our guy, Jason David Frank, are uh, the former Green Ranger, White Ranger. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. For the kids wow. that grew up with Power Rangers, he was the coolest one. Uh, and it, he had he the ponytail, right? That right. Yep. Cool. Yep. Exactly. I used to confuse him with Tommy Miola. If you, this is really <laughs> dating me. <laughs> but, wow. Uh, as we kind of talked about in the Mortal Kombat episode, it was like that era, like, uh, reptile the green ranger like that was the 
the cool like outside uh extra character or whatever that's how he kind of was in uh power rangers but uh you know power rangers a little young for me my younger brother loved that so it was on at our house all the time he was definitely the coolest one and for someone like i know dom and i that have gone to a ton of conventions he was a uh, you know he was really act like at a ton of conventions uh you know everything that i saw uh, and read about him he sounded like an awesome guy that was really supportive of people in the community um you know both in the acting stunt world and all that and uh you know it's sad that he tragically took his life um just a reminder that you know for all of us people that are struggling with things you know reach out um you know we'll put in the show notes the national suicide hotline um it's always sad when we see people that you know we grew up admiring and looking up to you know someone like Jason David Frank was, you know, that was like an icon for kids that age. So it's tough seeing, uh, you know, but even people like that, they go through, people go through things. So reach out and uh, yeah. Uh, what about the actor that played O'Hara? He passed away, right? What was his name? Robert Wall. Oh, you're right. How ugh. I am ashamed that we, that I didn't remember to bring him up too. Uh, yeah. Robert Wall just passed. It was right as we were starting the podcast because yeah, when we started with uh, Enter the Dragon, we we had talked about that. Um, yeah, he passed away in January, the age of eighty two. Um, again, like a lot of the guys in that in Enter the Dragon, he had a ton of martial arts experience going in. Uh, he studied Okinawan martial arts. Um, Oh, and he had a public rivalry with Steven Seagal. So I, I was just gonna say he's another guy that was part of the Dirty Dozen with uh, Benny the Jet and, uh, and Judo Gene. Judo Gene, oh, yes. always on the scene. Yes. Well, there we go. It all comes around. All of those legends, heroes will be missed. Um, you know, and I think one of the good ways that we can, uh, you know, just honor the the impact of this type of work, especially someone like Judo Jean and Robert Wall is looking back at our movies over the past year. Um, you know, I thought it would be cool to kind of look at some of the fights, uh, you know, the guys like Robert Wall, Judo Jean, uh, you know, put so much effort into creating and bringing to us, you know, the things that made us love this genre. So I thought it'd be fun just to look back for each of us and talk about maybe like, out of the movies that we've covered this year for, uh, you know, in 2022 for Punches and Popcorn, what were some of the fights that you loved the most? So, uh, you know, I'll call us that. We'll go around here and, uh, you know, maybe top three, which ones you liked the best. So, Genius, I'm going to have you start if you are ready. Um, so, yeah, I don't. Let's just start. I, I guess we're I've weird taste. So anything uh, with Goro in Mortal Kombat, like it just it just blows my mind that creature. Like it's just puppetry and wonderfulness, and just the way he looks is so awkward and weird and wonderful in his eyes. Um, so it's probably not like what we're looking for here, especially if we're trying to, you know, no. call out legends and after our in memoriam segment. But man, I love Goro. Man, <laughs> just he makes me so happy. So. Uh, I would say that's my first slot. Second, um, some a, a new movie to me, uh, which we did with um, our friends, the Sklar brothers. Uh, the the final battle in my bodyguard just knocked me out. I guess final battle, like it was a street fight with some teenagers. Well, one like forty year old man and a teenager. But anyways, <laughs> it, it was but just so gritty. 
It, that's true. Yeah, it was just so gritty and, and it felt like unrehearsed and sloppy that it, it just really stuck with me. I don't really know. I, I can't tell you, you know, maybe I'm you know being too hyperbolic about it, but I, I just was so charmed by that, you know, teenage <laughs> high school fight. Um, okay, so I got, I got one more to go. There's a lot to choose from. We did a lot. Um, I, I think I just have to go because this is a movie I... Um, wanted to uh talk about and it was like a, a big deal to me uh drunken master um just for some reason comedy and in, in action it just works so well for me so like anything from basically any fight that jackie chan had in that movie like he's just you know everything becomes you know whether it's a bench or like a, a drink or food like he just can turn it all into like amazing amazing martial arts while also making me giggle and just so those are definitely memorable for me. I got to share something with you guys that I have loved for years. I got exposed to uh, something new. And then I just just got to get my Goro love in there too. Uh, that's great. Uh, Jason, none of those are... Goro love is great. There's never any wrong with Goro love. Um, and yeah, that, <laughs> that's one of the things that I, I personally have been proud that we've done with this show is we've picked with just having, I think, but we have 12, 13 episodes out so far. Um you know, we've covered a diverse range of of movies. And I think within these, the fights, they're kind of the signature for these movies. But the fights that happen are really diverse. And I don't, it's fun to see, you know, for each of us. That's kind of why I wanted to ask. So I'm glad you threw like Goro out there first, that it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, some fights are great because they're beautiful and prolific. And some of them are awesome because it has this gigantic puppet that took like 26 people to operate. And right. he's Goro. It's awesome. So, so great. <laughs> I like it. Great. Fantastic entries. Uh, man, I'm going Thank with you, you next. What were your top three fights from our movies? You know what? Jay and I have one of the same ones. Oh, really? it's all right. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to say it. You know, I think, and it might be my favorite one of the year. It's the My Bodyguard fight. Yeah. Oh, nice. I, I, again, so charmed by that film overall yeah. but that fight yeah there's it's just so it's 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 so far outside of what we usually talk about and yeah. I, I think what i liked about it is yeah like you said the the realism of it and the fact that yeah it is two two teenagers fighting with the guy they stole from gold gym um <laughs> yeah absolutely but it, it's it's you're right it's just so visceral and so right there that it, it felt real and, and it really felt like it, it that movie is such a, a a slice of life for for that time period, and it just nailed that feeling for me. So I that's Absolutely. My, my one of my favorites that we've done this year, possibly my favorite. Uh, that number was great. number two, uh, the wine tasting in Dirty Ho. Um, yes, that, that is an all time favorite for me. Kind of, Jay. We have echoes of each other in our our choices, right? Because. I'm with you. Comedy and, and and action work together so well. And that one, it's just such a a fun choreography. It, it's it's hilarious to watch, but at the same time, if you watch what's happening, it's masterful. Um, mm -hmm. And they really pull out and give you a wide shot to show you exactly what's happening. So you see, oh, it's beautiful. Um, and one of the funniest things I've I've seen. Like it's it's genius. Um, and the third one, can we just call all of the raid one? Yeah, that we can. <laughs> yeah, 
Cause Absolutely. Like, it had been a hot minute since I saw it. And then, then Jackie was like, yeah, let's do the raid. And I was like, holy shit, this movie still just absolutely destroys from, from pillar to post. It's fantastic. So the whole hour and, and change of that movie, uh, I think, is my, my third favorite fight. Uh, if I really have to go with it, it's the, the, the final fight with the big dude in the room and, and the throwing everything up to and including the kitchen sink at him. Um, yes. But I, I, it, choosing one is like choosing your favorite kid, right? Like all of it is so goddamn good that you don't want to just pick one. So those awesome. Are my, those are my three. I cheated on the last one, but whatever. <laughs> if, you're, if you're not cheating, awesome. Well, fighting. I will give mine next because I feel like now it'll sound like I'm copying you with some of these. Um, I will go with my the first one I will give. Uh, I'll go in, I guess, descending order, but this is kind of uh, arbitrary. All three of these I loved, again, amongst many. But the third one I'll give is the uh, fantastic finale to Bloodsport. We had our man Van Dam. We had our patron saint of the podcast, Bolo Young is Chong Lee. Uh, just at the, to me, this is the pinnacle of their powers in this movie. We had the dirty pool with the chalk in the eye, the facial expressions from from Van Dam. The you know, we got everything in this in this fight. It was fantastic and great, and it was fun rewatching it. Um, you know, I mean, it wasn't like it had been a long time since I'd seen it. You know, the Bloodsport is definitely, as we discussed, is a movie that I watch somewhat regularly because it's so much fun. But it was really fun watching it. You know, from the lens of doing our podcast to talk about it. And I just love that fight. It was, I thought perfectly done for that kind of movie and that fight in the movie. Uh, what a freaking blast that was. So that was my number three. I love it. I have to honor our patron saint Bolo. We love you. Um, number two, I am also going with the raid. Um, and man, I kind of feel ashamed that I picked a specific fight from there, but you really could, go with the entire movie because the movie is like one long continuous fight and I am a big fan of continuous fight scenes and the scene that I picked in particular was the hallway fight and I just love these types of set pieces maybe it's the like platform scroller video game player that I grew up on but something like the hammer fight in old boy or the hallway fight from daredevil season one this was a scene like that where it's just our hero and a machete and it's just waves after waves of bad guys that he's just do all these, like the one guy that what he does, like the like waterfall of headbutts, right. Or smashing his head down the side of the wall. That's mm -hmm. just, I love that kind of so stuff. Great. And it yeah. was amazing that scene, how it was coordinated. And just, I love when they could get something like this, where they're coordinating the, our hero just flowing through fight after fight after fight. And it was just put together so well and uh, so natural but also so like viscerally brutal so i th that's like my bread and butter is when i have a movie or a show that's got like that kind of scene in it oh i love that thing but again it's arbitrary because anything in that movie is fantastic and then my number one fight my favorite one was actually also one from dirty ho the one i am picking is the uh i don't know what you would call it the girl fight uh with uh, gordon Liu and kara hui where he's fighting our uh uh where he's fighting dirty ho and it's it's like you you guys know the scene i'm talking about right with the the mm -hmm. woman yeah um who it's 
it's like she's fighting him, but Gordon Liu is like marionetting her, kind of. But as <laughs> yes. we talked about yes. back then, like, yes, yes, yes. But when we talked about it back then, uh, we knew like Kara Hui has a incredible martial has incredible martial arts background. So the movie is really set at just like the wine tasting thing. It's all this like sleight of hand fighting that oh, I just love that movie so much for where it's like fighting without actually fighting. And in that scene, it's like Gordon Liu is fighting with this woman, but how much is it really like she was doing all that fighting and he's just hanging on because she could really, you know, Kara Hui is, is incredibly talented and a gifted fighter. And it was just such a fun scene because, you know, then there's all the like entendres and stuff going on. And I just, that entire scene was a lot of fun. And I, again, that's another one you talk about the the action coordination stunt coordination that has to happen to make all this stuff go together and you know and this like a dance to have the three of them go together that was so much fun uh but the wine i mean everything in that movie was i loved all that it was just so different from a lot of your you know straight up uh you know face to face punchy kickies so uh it was a really <laughs> neat one <laughs> that's like my that. that's a that's an official um that's a that's an industry term. That should be uh, our right. first T-shirt right there. We're gonna have to rename the whole fucking show now. <laughs> <laughs> the punch kickies. All right, uh, Doctor Don, bring us home. What are your uh, three favorite? All things? right. So first, I have to go. It has a little bit of a nostalgia flair to it, but my top three. First one is the reptile fight from Mortal Kombat. I love that fight. Yes. And what I love about it the most is. There's no fire explosions or crazy magical stuff going on. And they added it into the movie because they're like, this movie doesn't have enough martial arts. So they have just this knockdown drag out fight where they start with the guy saying reptile and then he gets up and you hear the techno <laughs> music and it's like bah, 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 nah, 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 and they just beat the piss <laughs> out of each other for five minutes straight. I absolutely love it. It's like in a movie that's kind of fantastical and they kind of tried to make it like fantasy and add like Goro, for example, that, that fight is the opposite of all the Goro fights. And that doesn't, right. that doesn't mean Goro's bad. It's just, it's just what was so refreshing is you had all that fantasy stuff. And then at some point it's just two guys beating the piss out of each other. And I was like, this is cool. And it was the perfect time for it too. So I, I really like that fight. Um, my second one is the O'Hara fight from oh, yes. Enter the Dragon. That is the, <laughs> the like, okay, let's, let's break it down. So first of all, you have Bruce Lee versus Wall, who, who clearly that's a, that's a good matchup right there. O'Hara doesn't lay a single shot on him. Bruce Lee just beats him up. Half of the fights is like choreographied amazing flips. The other half is is this weird slow motion thing going on and they have that trippy like synthesized music. I feel like I haven't seen anything like that for before that movie and I haven't seen anything like that since. And when I think of a fight and I think of like iconic faces. Oh, it's that yeah. very end when Bruce Lee kills him by stomping on him and just makes that face where he's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> he Koopa Troopas him. It's just, oh, it's great. It's wonderful. And my favorite fight 
I don't even know what to call it. I, I guess it's a fight. It's more of a fight sequence, but it's the part in Revenge of the Ninja where he sneaks into the building and ascends <laughs> up to fight to to meet the the main bad guy. What I like about it is that felt like a video game. He pretty much goes yes. to the front and he just beats up all these guys in these weird ways. I mentioned it in the episode. He like spits out spike balls, <laughs> he's got flamethrowers yes. and all kinds yep. of stuff. And these poor mobsters don't know what hit them. <laughs> and it's just, it's just glorious. And I remember the first time I saw it, it was in the movie theater mm-hmm. with you guys. <laughs> and I was just like, what the freak am i watching this is nuts and then it just got crazier and crazier and crazier and i think that's better than the fight from the top because once he gets to the top it's you know i feel like okay we're here we know what's gonna happen he's gonna eventually win but that that just build up is 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 superb just superb i also agree with you guys that both the fighting in drunken master and the raid are consistently amazing so oh yeah you guys already called that Nice, nice, great, great stuff, guys. I mean, lots, lots, lots here. Um, you know, we could, we've been lucky to cover some great movies with some great variety of fights. I'm excited to see what's ahead. Um, you know, usually when a show like us, a movie show like us, does these types of reviews, we do like, what's our top movies from the past year? What's your top top five from 2022? And I wanted to take this a little more broadly. This is actually our genius that, of course, came up with this genius idea. Uh, what I want to hear from you guys is your top five movie moments. And again, I will let you, this is open to your interpretation of if it's like, um, if it's like a specific moment in a movie, an experience with a movie, you know, whatever. I'll leave it to you guys. So, Matt, I'm going to have you start now. Oh, geez. Top five movie moments this year. Um, I, I went through the list of things that were released this year and I didn't see a whole hell of a lot of them. I, I, I hate to say it, but I, I either watch old stuff or, or stuff for the festival that hasn't come out yet. And I'm not allowed to talk about, um, I will say it could be old stuff. It's just in 2022. What were so five things from movie or movies or I'm I'm, up to you, man. I'm going to go big again because I don't like, I, I, I'm, I don't like to narrow things down. So my biggest thing in 2022 is i i discovered slash rediscovered the work of brian trenchard smith um mm. and we talked about him uh, briefly when you were talking about jimmy wang Yu because he he was the guy that directed the man from hong kong um, ah yes because it was uh kind of a co-production with golden harvest uh right. so it was jimmy wang Yu and george lazenby the uh the former james bond is the bad guy in that one uh, and it's wild because it's Brian Trenchard Smith. If you're not aware, he's an Australian director and he specializes in action. And when I say specializes in action, I mean, he shoots action like you've never seen anybody do it before. It's bonkers all of the time um, to give you an idea. And I'm, I, I feel like I've brought it up on other shows, but um, if you go to YouTube right now and if you want pause the podcast and come back in about three minutes um go find the trailer for stunt rock um oh i because it's i've it, heard that brought up a few times on anomaly dude the trailer for stunt rock is better than i'd say 90 percent of the action films i've ever seen in my life um 
Now, Stunt Rock, the feature-length film, is not as good as 90% of the action films I've seen in my entire life. But the trailer <laughs> is absolutely bonkers. It's great. Uh, but Dead End Drive-In is one of his. Uh, he did three or four Leprechaun movies. Um, <laughs> did he do the like, space one? Yes, he did the space one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, that had Which, to be the one, at least one of the times that Stunt Rock came up. That that's where I went down the rabbit hole with Brian Trenchard Smith. If I'm honest, I'm like, what else has this guy made? And then I looked at the the filmography and I went, man, all this guy does is just make bangers. So I went back and watched <laughs> a bunch of them, and I'm like, God bless America, this dude rules. Uh, so Dead End Drive In, I think, is is one of the discoveries that I had this year. That that film is absolutely it's terrific. Great. Yeah, I, I love that one too. Um, so I highly recommend. Did you get to see? bmx bandits yet i have not seen that yet and i need to oh, it's so fun um our friend from anomaly laura keeney who i hope to have on our show this year at some point because keeney is brilliant with all of this stuff and she is totally a kindred spirit um, oh that's awesome oh yeah yeah she already got a Strascope volume two yeah. i was yep. jealous to hear that yep um but she's she went to the i want to say it was either three six chambers or master of flying guillotine with the rizza um I can't remember which, but yeah. So she she's big into the the the, the uh, martial arts films as well. So shout out to Laura. We'll we'll have her on sometime this year because absolutely she, she will kick some science on you that will blow your minds. Um, yes, friend of the show. Absolutely. Uh, but uh, yeah, he he was my biggest thing this year for for movies. Um, uh, Battle Angel Alita. By the way, I discovered really? this year. So good. Have you got? Yeah. I, no, I haven't, dude. Bonkers, but so good. Yes, great. Like, I got real excited when when Avatar two came out because part of the the hype was maybe we'll make another Battle Angel Alita. I was like, fuck yeah, go see that like seven times so I can get another Battle Angel Alita. <laughs> um, Absolutely, because it's great, and you don't anticipate it to be that way, and then you get about halfway through, and you are so invested. It's great. Um, yeah, I I love that movie. Sorry to interrupt you, Matt. Go but, ahead. Go ahead. Um, I was a big Robert Rodriguez guy back in the 90s and early 2000s, so I liked that he got to direct a movie again, and he had a James Cameron to produce and give him a budget to make something this kind of bonkers and amazing. So um, I'm right with you. I adore that movie. God, it, it's well worth watching, and maybe that's one we put on the docket for this year because it's 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 a goodie. Uh, nice. Yeah. Uh, other movie moments, uh, not to be a shill for Anomaly, but um, the shill. The in-theater slash post-theater experience after Skinamarink uh, was something <laughs> to behold. Um, <laughs> that was something else, along with the, the Friday the 13th in 3D. That was great. Oh, um, yes. But Skinamarink, it, it's coming out, I think, depending on when this comes out, it should be either it's out in theaters now or coming out in a day or so. Um, if you get a chance to see it in a theater, go see it. It's uh, It's a wild thing to see. Mike, you were there, right? I was, I was, and theater is the right experience for that. I would say, you know, if you listen to this and decide that you want to watch it at home, if it's streaming, you have to be, it needs to be, I would say, and it, you need to create an experience for yourself like Quiet Place, if you know people remember seeing that, in that you need to have like all distractions eliminated. It needs to, you need to be, it, it's an experiential movie and why it's great for the theaters you can just allow yourself to be sucked in um yeah you know because at its base like 70 percent of the movies are still shots of corners of rooms but there's a lot going like you have to 
be sucked into it to allow yourself like to get what they're doing and i it it's definitely is the most unique movie i have ever seen that was wild if i have to give a an elevator pitch for what skinnamarink is it's if matthew barney and eraserhead era david lynch made paranormal activity um yes yep 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 that's good that's good so yeah i it's the kind of thing when when we watched it at home, uh, Matt Turk told us, "Okay, put your phones away. Don't all, yep. you, all you need to do is sit in a dark room and watch this." Right. Um, and we were all haunted. So yeah. um, if you want the full experience, turn off all the lights, close it up like you used yep. to do when you were playing Resident Evil. Um, put your <laughs> phone away. Yep. Um, and check that out. And you, yeah, I, I think you'll you'll dig it a lot. Um, yep. And, and my other movie moment is this podcast. Um, yes. it has, yes. not only do I, do I have th- three rad new friends, uh, yes. I've seen a bunch of cool new movies. I've met a, a bunch of different new people. Uh, you know, it got to hang out with the, the Sklar brothers, got to talk with, uh, Chris and Grady about these fist break bricks. It's, it's been an amazing experience and, and you guys are a huge part of it. So, so thanks for, uh, for bringing me along on the trip. Oh, thanks for coming along, That's Matt. Awesome. This is, Yes. That is, man, I don't even want to follow that because that's great. Uh, all good stuff, man. I just wrote down like a bunch of movies that now I need to see. So uh, my list is growing. Well, I, I will go next. Um, I will go with five moments. And for the most part, I gave a lot of thought to this. And I'm going for the most part with specific moments in movies uh, that I saw over the past year that I really like. So the first one I'm going to go with, and Jay and I were actually just talking about this earlier today. I am going to go with the movie Barbarian and specifically the moment. If you've seen the movie, uh, I, I, it's been out for a while now. So hopefully you have, here's, um, I'll here, just... here's what we'll do. If you have not seen the movie, pause it. And in the show notes, I will put a, a timestamp so you can move around this spoiler. Yes. All what right. If, excellent. What if you're a member of the podcast? Do you have <laughs> Uh, this won't be much of a spoiler. Well I will not. I won't. Okay. Let me, God let me, it, I, I'll try to be All safe. Right. I'll try to be safe here. Um, there is a moment in the movie where Justin Long, the actor is introduced and it is at the perfect beat where, uh, don't expect it coming. Uh, a lot of this movie is any, my favorite type of horror is tension building where you're brought in by whether it's mood or tone and that suspense gets, I live for the kind of movie where I'm like on the edge of my couch holding my breath. Cause I'm like, I don't know what is going to happen now. And it, when that his character is introduced, it, it, it's one of these moments that it's just the tension is ratcheted to a level where I remember like physically feeling like I, I may need to stop it. Like I can't keep watching this. This is, it just drew me in so much. Like this is so intense and then it just does a there's a big flip and it it recharges you for watching the rest of the movie it's perfectly perfectly done and well timed and then uh again it's a fantastic movie overall definitely go see it but that moment where they do that flip was like perfectly what i needed to not like have a heart attack on my couch and then also uh yeah, because that's like the thing with tension right that it can you like if you like horror for that you like that experience but it can't be two hours of that like you just can't 
there at some point it's just it's torture right so movies know how to ebb and flow it and i thought that that movie did it well of you know moving the story along and keeping you into it and that was just a great a really great moment so uh another moment that was shared by three of us here and referenced when we did revenge of the ninja was the ending at the old school kung fu festival i'm talking about the ending of no retreat no surrender so this we saw it was a 35 millimeter print it was <laughs> shoddy at parts and if you've seen the movie oh man i hope we cover it soon because that was a lot of fun no retreat no surrender Jean-Claude Van Damme's premiere in America, and there's a big fight at the end, and the cut that we saw, they were fighting, and then it, like, the screen, like, blipped, and the hero's getting raised up on, like, everyone's shoulders, they're cheering for him, uh, that hero is not Van Damme, and <laughs> then the screen just cut away, and moved into the next movie. And uh, oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it was just that moment that I think was, you know, for the three of us there in that audience, it was the perfect, like, just something like that experience. We were going and to these old movies and these old prints, like this, like missing scenes and stuff is half the charm. And it was just such a, uh, like, we all just looked at each other and we're like, what the hell just happened? And I just laughed like that was great. So I, that was a fantastic moment. And again, it was more just the fault of the of the the film in there, not the the movie itself. But oh man, that was one of my favorite. Um, another moment I am going to go with is uh, another horror movie, *Malignant*. Uh, and I am talking about specifically oh, nice. the police station battle at the end. Yes. So Jay, I love that you brought up the idea of this whole you know action is found in other genres and if you've seen yeah it's a perfect example there is at the end towards the end of this movie there is a an action a fight sequence in a police station that is bonkers mm -hmm. absolutely bonkers and it's for the everything else in the movie it feels almost like out of left field that i know some people felt like it put off by it i loved it because i thought it fit with where it was in the movie and it was just absolutely wild so that was really fun i like something like that and i really like just as you said jason when we get to get a little taste of action in a genre that we aren't necessarily expecting we're going to get it mm -hmm. um all right another movie moment and this one i'll go with uh oh my last two are overall movies so my second to last is a really old movie jaws uh so the studio did a really cool thing over the past year and re-released jaws to the theater i forget that anna was probably like some girl was it 50th or 45th or something, whatever anniversary it was of Jaws or I don't know. They put it in the theaters and I got to take my son, my 10 year old to see that in IMAX. So it was really cool to see Jaws in IMAX and then to be able to take my son to a movie that like it is one of my favorite movies is one of my favorite horror movies. And it was kind of cool to like what he had never seen it before. So to watch him experience uh, these are like baby steps for him into horror and just watch him experience Jaws. Like I watched him probably more than the movie just because, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's Jaws. I know this movie by heart and it was cool to see things that I didn't expect that like he would get really tense about that. It, it made me appreciate different parts of the movie that I didn't, you know, didn't really hit me the same way. So that was a really cool experience. And I think to me, like, that's one of the things we love about movies is, you know, how we experience it and then how we share that with others. And, you know, sharing that with other, sharing an experience with others. The last one I'm going to mention is Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, that's, oh man, there is like no other movie like that that's come out. 
that I can think of. And the, that movie is wild. I loved, you know, I had the good fortune uh, through our friends at the little, I got an invitation to go see that before it was officially released. So thank you again to our friends at the little. And that was so cool to be able to one. It's just cool to get that, that rare chance to go see something before it's even officially released yet. And, and to go to my favorite place in town, the little to go see that. And then it was just such a wild man, everything in that movie from the fanny pack food, the hot dog fingers, the That's freaking bigger, the line man. about, you know, I just want to do lawn, you know, laundry and taxes with you. Like I oh, freaking yeah. choke up every time I hear it. it like <laughs> it's a fantastic movie. I love that. Um, you know, just as Jason said, now we're seeing uh, people like Michelle Yeoh get uh, wide recognition um, here that I mean, she's had in in China and other places. But yeah, that was great. So that was those were my top five. And I'm going to add a quick cat. Uh, honorable mention the little last year did a cat video fest uh, i hope they will do it again this year uh, there's something awesome about going to a theater with your kids to see a whole bunch of cat cat videos so that's that's high art <laughs> all right that is that's my top five dr dominic i want to hear yours so okay i had a baby this year and i joined a movie watching <laughs> podcast so i did not watch many movies this year outside of what we've already talked about i went to the movie theaters i think i sn snuck out into the movie theaters so i'm going to talk about movies not necessarily best moments because there's not a lot but i'm going to talk about moments that stand out to me uh, first things awesome. first perfect the weirdest moment for me was I saw this movie in um, North Park Theater, which is the local uh, cinema in Buffalo, which, by the way, if you have a choice to see a movie, see it at your local theater, right? Yes, it was amen. This, it was called Mad God. It was Phil Tippett's Mad God. And I, I think about this movie all the time. Um, it has really, really grotesque, disturbing imagery that instead of making me wince made me lean towards the screen and like go hmm, that, uh, what what was you thinking and and like i was <laughs> fascinated by that movie if you haven't seen it it's very disturbing even though there's maybe one or two people in it the entire movie but it is very bizarre it's also an it's also um an experimental film. I've never really seen an experimental film because it doesn't have a coherent plot. It doesn't have, you know, a normal, you know, kind of sequence of events. It just happens. And it was one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. And I thought it was fascinating. But the only thing I can really take from it is it's called Phil Tippett's Mad God. But the apostrophe S does not mean he owns the movie like he made the movie as you would think it's phil tippett's may god it's an it's a contraction it's phil tippett is mad god and i feel like that <laughs> bizarre really? movie is an expression of something some bizarre inner machinations going on with him and i thought it was fascinating absolutely fascinating if, if if anyone does a podcast on that i would love to talk about it it was just the most bizarre thing also i was on no sleep a ton of caffeine my kid was born literally like two weeks before <laughs> so i was like at like 11 o'clock at night i'm like honey can i go to the movies and she's like what okay bye so it was pretty awesome 
Um, so that's one moment that stands out. Another one for me is a nostalgia moment. I recently watched one of my favorite movies from when I was a kid. Who Framed Roger Rabbit? And I realized something. I remember every line from that movie. Keep in mind, it came out in 1989. And <laughs> we are reviewing 2022. Like, I remember all the lines in that movie. And also, I realized something. That Christopher Lloyd's uh, Judge Doom is the scariest villain ever. He's the scariest, <laughs> scariest awesome. villain ever. He really, really is. Like, he's just, ugh, like, like, you have, like, Satan, Judge Doom, you know, Darth Vader, and then, like, <laughs> the rest of them. He's just brutal. So I watched that movie. Actually, it was with my sister uh, and her partner. And she's like, Dom, you really like this movie? I'm like, yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it. And I just was, like, mimicking the movie. Like, even, like, the really <laughs> random lines. Like, <laughs> you know. Didn't you used to be Eddie Valiant? You should change your name to Jack Daniels. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's okay. But if you do, that's kind of a random line. Uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. Um, so that was fun. I made some discoveries this year. I never saw Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3. Sick movie. Nice. Loved Classic. It. Classic. Classic. Absolutely yeah. loved it. Had no idea. I, I was like, wow. And yeah, that, that was just like I sat down and watched it one day. I'm like, this movie kicks ass. Wow, it's it's, yes. it's really good. Like, I was surprised. Because the second one, not so good. First one's great. But yeah. Oh, I love the one's got a lot to love, yeah. Yeah. You got to so, give it a second chance. Another discussion. Right. For another podcast. Yeah. And uh, honestly, I'm just tired. I don't remember the other two. <laughs> That's good. I, That's I, I watched, actually, you know, it's funny because I watched a lot of TV with my wife because I didn't get a chance to sit down for more than an hour at yeah. one point. So, like, TV shows it. were perfect. We watched, we watched so many TV shows. We watched Karate Kid. We watched Better Call Saul. We watched this very bizarre show, um, Resident Alien, which... Oh, yeah, oh, you tell me about show. that. Kind of fell flat halfway through the second season and some other oh, things too. but anyway i'm gonna call it because i'm i'm just a tired dad hopefully next year if I, if you haven't kicked me out of the podcast by then <laughs> i'll have more to talk about oh no it less than uh, if you don't escape us we'll never let you go dab <laughs> good stuff uh all right jay how about you Alrighty, so I'm kind of all over the place with my list. I, I'm going to kind of just throw in a bunch of things and hopefully get through quickly. So first, I want to talk about kind of bigger movies that sort of surprised me. And I know um, a lot of us talked about movies from the past, but this is specifically uh, in 2022. Um, Ambulance, uh, the um, Michael Bay movie, <laughs> which I had given up on him. I think everyone had at this point, like his movie before this was Six Underground with Ryan Reynolds on Netflix. It, it was like almost unwatchable, um, <laughs> but this blew me away. It's like a bottle episode inside an ambulance, like a TV show bottle episode, but a feature length inside an ambulance with Jake Gyllenhaal giving one of his kind of like manic over the top performances, which I know sometimes people give him crap for that but i love when he's weird and wacky and he's he's all like him and his you know brother they're you know jake gyllenhaal's this criminal and his brother's trying to go straight and they've got to go on this scheme because it's cliched stuff the brother needs to get um money to help his um sick child get a surgery so it's, it's a lot of that but but 
the the kinetic stuff, the Michael Bayness of it just works so well. And I mean, I was just on the edge of my seat. I've seen it a couple times. So again, shocked because I had given up on Michael Bay and, and maybe it's for the best. Like, but anyways, I, I just I think if he gets a good script, another movie I adored of his, which isn't like, a you know, the Transformers or, or you know, Armageddon is uh, Pain and Gain with uh, The Rock. And oh, Wahlberg yeah, and that's, Anthony that's great. This that movie's, is a, great. That movie's yeah. a gem. I, I really yeah. like that movie. This is kind of like him sort of, it seems like when he gets knocked down and sort of put in his place, he'll, he'll somehow find a good script and, and make that movie. And this definitely feels more, Ambulance feels more pain and gain than than traditional what we expect from Michael Bay. Yes. So that was a treat. Um, the Batman- Jay, Can I interrupt oh, you? Yes. Absolutely, uh, yes. I, I, I think the first Transformer was actually a really, all, Transformers was actually a really awesome movie. Mike, do you remember that we saw that? I think it uh-huh. was right before your wedding. It was. You like came into town so we could go see that with yeah. my buddy Jeremy. Yeah. And uh, and then it was like days after that there was the wedding. Yeah. So yep. sorry to cut you off, but that's all right. I actually want I'm glad you've said that because I remembered your picks now. Uh again, movie memory. This is from 1985. I saw um Who Framed Roger Rabbit with with my mom. She fell asleep like halfway through it. And 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 because of Christopher Lloyd. I was like having a meltdown. Like I was shaking her. Like you need to wake up or we need to go home. Like it was, I was loving it, but, but Christopher Lloyd freaked me out so bad that I was like, I had to leave. Like it was crazy. I, I think I stuck through cause I'm a hero, but um, anyways, that was uh, an aside. So another <laughs> uh, big budget 2022 action movie, uh, the Batman, which totally floored me. Um, uh, Matt Reeves, um, was that the director, right? Like yep. he, um, yeah, you got it. You know, he sort of rebooted the the Planet of the Apes franchise, which I thought was terrific. And he also, um, well, actually, I guess he didn't. It was like Rupert something did the first one, but he did the second, third one, which, in my opinion, got really awesome. Um, yes, of the the recent reboot, and he did Cloverfield. So um, I think it originally was like a um, uh, kind of like an acolyte of um, jj abrams so he sort uh, of yeah. has kind of found his own footing but anyways the batman knocked me out it's like a it, it doesn't feel like a the bat a batman movie like the nolans or even anything we've seen before it's it's a it's like a 90s um procedural let's think of like seven or mimic but yeah. it's that the detective is batman bruce wayne and it's just so gritty and and awesome and, and the fight's terrific but what i live love the most is they focus on his detective skills like sure there's great action sure there's you know penguins there colin farrell under like a fat suit just doing great stuff but i just love that he you know he's he's like doing ciphers with alfred he's you know going on the crime scene all the cops are pissed off because there's this vigilante helping gordon and it's just so freaking good i loved this one okay so that is like the first set so now we're going to talk about kind of smaller movies that i saw that knocked me out um movie called the outfit with mark rylance he plays Ooh. a tailor a tailor for the mob and it all t- occurs in one night and it feels very like movies that i loved in the 90s like um lock stock and smoke kind of like guy Ritchie yes. gangster movie um yeah. it, but it's 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 its own thing but also it, it's just terrific because he 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 like has a girl working for him who's played by i think her name is zoe deutsch and she's fantastic and of course again this cliched stuff happening is um the mobs uh the big mob boss who loves this taylor his his flunky son shows up and screws everything up but it's just like nail bug and i i'm all over the place i apologize but um i that's good loathe mark rylance because he 
took the Oscar, the supporting Oscar for from Stallone for the Creed movie. So I've hold the grudge with Mark Rylance ever since. Um, I have weird grudges. <laughs> and so th- for me to like a Mark Rylance movie, it had to be pretty good. Then there's this other movie, which was excellent. It's called Small Engine Repair. I got it as a Redbox oh. rental one night. And it's about a guy who calls his... He calls two old friends, like college buddies. He calls them over to his house one night, and he's like, "I, I need you to, you know, help me with something." And you know, they're they're thinking like it's almost like a like a reunion. Um, but what they, they kind of don't have the full story, and I don't want to like give anything because it's just awesome what happens. But he's got like revenge on his mind for something that happened to his daughter, and everyone's way over their head, and they're also like drunk during this because he gets them drunk to kind of help, like. It's just fantastic. So definitely keep an eye out for the outfit or small engine repairs if, if they're streaming anywhere. Um, okay, I watch a lot of old movies too. So big discoveries for me uh, this year is a movie called Force of Evil. I think it's from like 1947. It's Ooh. like kind of peak like film noir. And and why I liked it so much is um, the director, um, Abraham Polinsky, he was one of the, the Hollywood 10 like during the Red Scare. He's, um, Joseph, is it Joseph McCarthy? He kind yeah. of like, put Hollywood on trial and this is one of the guys that um his career was ruined but but what really is terrific in the movie is the lead actor John Garfield he um he sort of was like almost like a a proto Brando or James Dean like he was like kind of like a method actor before it was even a thing so that he's a lot of times tagged with like you know pre-Brando like you know because obviously we think of like Cary Grant or or um, Humphrey Bogart, like with their like stilted deriver- delivery, which has its own charm, but kind of naturalistic, but also kind of not. But so anyways, he's excellent. And he also, because of the Red Scare, he was called um, against the, the House of Un-American Activity movies, uh, movies of Un-American Activity um, yep. Anyways, um, and and because he didn't name names, it, it ruined his career. He, I think he died at like 38, like because he couldn't get any, you know, movies going after that. And his kind of life fell apart. So there's this like, and also the director's career got fell apart too. And it, it's about uh, Garfield plays this uh, again, sort of like a mob thing. He plays with the lawyer for the mob, and they fix the lotto, and they're gonna get these numbers. And he's trying to help his brother, um, who, who's also like a like a low level mobster type. He's trying to give him these numbers, but the brother's trying to go straight. I guess I like a lot of like brother movies. But anyways, um, <laughs> that is just. I mean, I don't know where you, where you'd see it. I saw it on Criterion streaming, um, but it just knocked me out. I, I'm not like a huge noir guy, but that's one of those movies. Like if you if you're trying to get into a genre and you need like a, a movie to like unlock the door to to actually oh this is why this this stuff's amazing force of evil absolutely and then another noir a color noir from 1950 so it was shot in technicolor called niagara which i'm fascinated by so like if you watch a lot of old movies from the 30s and 40s they're um they're obsessed with niagara falls like if you're going on your honeymoon (laughs) if you're going on vacation you're going to niagara falls and it just blows me away because now like i mean i i guess like upstate new york people like oh god we're going to niagara falls but like if you lived in california you got married you were going to niagara falls like it was crazy like every movie (laughs) that i watched they love this place so i don't know what pr people got to hold the niagara falls in the past like 50 years but it's definitely taken taken a hit uh but anyway so (laughs) it stars marilyn monroe who kind of like had some like heat this year because of the movie blonde and anna armist did a fantastic job in that movie but you know, I think everyone thinks of her this kind of like bubbly blonde, but she gives such like a terrific performance. And she's obviously playing a bombshell, but totally nails it. And um, she's trying to like 
you know, it's a noir. So there's, there's shady things going on. So she's trying to get her husband murdered. But I won't, you know, that's not that's something that's revealed in the beginning, nor will anyone ever watch Niagara, but it's, it's, I just will watch it. <laughs> it's, it's so good. And Joseph Cotton's in it. He was like a, you know, a, a friend of Orson Welles. He was all in, all in, uh, in all of Orson Welles movies. So nice. it's, it's just excellent excellent noir stuff and so i just wanted to wrap it up with actual movie experiences and not just things i watch alone because no one will watch these movies with me um uh on my birthday my girlfriend sarah will watch a movie uh kind of like a jason movie i'd call it um so i, I got to sh- <laughs> she traditionally wouldn't show i got to show her blue velvet which i'm obsessed with david lynch and this is probably like my favorite david lynch movie and she hated it like it was <laughs> but but it was like actually a good thing because I was hearing her commentary and, and how disturbed she was by it. Cause I mean, it is such a weird story. And Anthony Hopkins, like he rivals Christopher Lloyd in um, who framed Roger Evans week. Cause he's just insane. Like he's just shot out of a cannon and Kyle McLaughlin and Laura Dern are just trying to survive the night and they're doing their own mystery. So it, it's such a great movie. And, and her visceral reaction, I, I think like when I was younger, if I was uh, dating a person, like I was a teenager and they didn't like a movie, like that would be like, a big problem for me, but I, I just found it charming how upset she was by this movie. So that was very memorable. And then quickly things that a lot of stuff we did together this year, um, Friday the 13th, 3d, Matt, you mentioned that, um, chopping mall with Joe Bob showed up. We did that at the little, uh, we even did, um, a movie I adored Marcel, the shell with shoes on. That was really fun. Um, we did Saturday night rewind with evil dead Two. So we had a lot of fun together as well. So, um, that's that's definitely memorable movie stuff for me this year. Great, great, good stuff. Oh man, good moments, guys. Uh, by the um, way, I hated Blue Velvet too. Is that the movie you said? Yes, I said Blue Velvet. It's like my favorite movie. But oh, I, I don't know. I'm I sorry. Like it. I never saw no, it's it. Cool. I like and I like David Lynch movies. I like mm-hmm. a racer. I watched a racer and I'm like, this is crazy. I love it. Yeah. I don't know. Just for some reason, everyone's like, Yeah, I watched Blue Velvet. It's his best movie. I watched it, I'm like. I didn't get it, and I think I'm dumb. I really do. I no, really do. no, no, no. But I think like that's three people who don't like it. Your girl. No, I think there's more. <laughs> Your you two. We've me. tracked down two of them. Roger Who's Ebert. The third. <laughs> Roger Ebert hated it. He hated it. I was mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he loves David Lynch, and he hated. It. No, now he's dead. But yeah, I just. Yeah, I think I'm missing something. There's a couple movies that everyone likes that I don't like. There's not many, but. But that's what's fun about movies. Like, I really love movies that have polarizing, like, reactions, whether some people will hate a movie or love a movie. Like, those are my kind of movies. Like, just have a reaction to it. You know, you're still engaging with it. You're still having a conversation with it and and your friends or whoever you're watching with. So, I I mean, there's nothing wrong. Hate is is a fine (laughs) emotion if we're talking movies. This is also why I love this show so much. Um, Dom loved Mad God and did not like Blue Velvet. That is so, and and that's not a shot at you, Dom. I just think that's so great, great that like you went in and watched one of the most like viscerally brutal things I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, <laughs> me too. Me too. Destroys you. you know, yeah, I, I I dug that. I I I think about that a lot. And then like Blue Velvet did didn't care for it. And it's so great. I think that's so great. Like, yeah, I love to raise her head, but Blue Velvet, man, just that—that's a bridge too far. I, it's so awesome. 
<laughs> I, like well, this... ug- I like my ugliness really ugly. Yeah. Like, really, really ugly. Blue Velvet is not ugly. I guess it wasn't ugly enough. <laughs> and I, I love that so much, though. Like, that, that is absolutely amazing. That's so great. <laughs> See, and that's exactly what I wanted to get out of this episode is not just, like, we could have done a let's talk about the podcast and things from the podcast for the year, which is fun. We had a lot of fun over the past year, but more you talk about the movies that we like and you know hopefully you've gotten a taste of uh just some of our our different likes and uh our i don't know quirks proclivities uh whatever <laughs> you call it uh who we are as as movie fiends beyond just us couch potato ninjas um guys i kind of think it's time to get to that uh how we usually end our show uh, or, you know, start closing out our show with our legendary science segment. Uh, before Dom goes, I kind of want to hear this is a little quick review from Jay and Matt, and I'll give mine. If you could give uh, what was a favorite, what was one of your favorite? Uh, let's grade Dom here. What was one of your favorite science segments that Dom delivered this year? So, Jay, I'll start with you. Oh, no, I, I want you to go first, Mike. You haven't got a well, chance. To okay, go I'll go first. I will. By the way, uh, guys, I didn't do a science segment. You told me not to. You were going to lead this, so you tell me. <laughs> that is the, yeah, that is, that's the science segment. It's how <laughs> right. does Dom deal Before with Before we go, I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> it wouldn't be that the is... first time that we make you do one right off the top of your dome, though. <laughs> Dom off the top of his dome is already bet, or is always best. But I will say my favorite was the uh, the Ninja Turtle episode science segment. Because I thought it was uh, one of the reasons that I pulled Dom into the podcast. Because these are the conversations that Dom and I would have talking about like nerdy things that like we love Ninja Turtles or Godzilla. But Dom will apply his uh, his scientific knowledge to well, how would this actually happen? And it was fascinating to me not just that Dom went to the length to explain well, this is turtle anatomy and this is how if a turtle was like human size, how that would extrapolate to give you an idea of like the biology of that. But then he basically invented a martial art in that. Does he use that science to, in that segment, invent a martial art that uh, clearly our, our friend of the podcast, uh, IDW Ninja Turtle writer, Sophie Campbell was really interested in it. It'd be cool if any of that ever seeps its way into the pages of her fantastic book. Um, But it was just really cool to me again, it's cool to see knowledge, but then to like listen to you basically invent a uh, turtle martial art on air. That was so freaking cool. And I've like thought about that frequently as I've watched like Ninja Turtles or stuff. I'm like, all right, how would actual anatomically correct Michelangelo attack Shredder? So I loved that <laughs> one. That also is my most embarrassing moment because I forgot the scientific name of the of the the red air slider trichemi scripta and i'm like oh no that embarrassed me so yeah i was let down by you at that point we got, <laughs> your degree we and got, in your degree we got a lot of emails about it <laughs> a lot. just blowing up non-stop i had to uh shut down comments on the <laughs> post about it all right well who uh jay or matt uh what was your favorite science segment matt you go ahead uh rats <laughs> I loved rats. Yes. Rats makes me so happy. I'm it, it makes me happy that it's a standalone episode because I go back and listen to it every now and again and it's so much fun just to go and listen to a show about rats. It's it's brilliant. 
every bit of it I loved. So thank you for that. <laughs> oh, that was yeah, fantastic. You both stole mine, but I also um, really <laughs> loved the description of uh, plucking out eyes. I thought that was um, just the force you'd need to actually do that was really fascinating. Like, I just remember that, like, vividly you talking about that. Like, I felt like I was in, you know, an entertaining lecture hall and I was getting a really good, uh, you know, college course in how to how to get an eye out of somebody's head. I sincerely yeah, wish I, I actually took that. Class. I love the rats one too. I love the, I, I I love the science segment. It's so much fun. It's great. Yeah. Actually, one of my favorite ones is when we calculated the amount of force it would take a possess a woman possessed by a ninja to crush a um um a resin pool ball with her bare. Oh hand. yeah, that was I, insane. I, that yeah, one was fun. That was great. That yeah. one was fun. I I I because I'm like I I don't know a lot about physics, but I was like that one was cool. Um, so the ones I like the most are the ones where I learn stuff like that, or um, the glow, how I was able to support yeah. that the glow that Bruce <laughs> Leroy had was yeah. technically a higher energy than the one Show Enough had. That one, that one was hard. Like I, I learned something. So we all did. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Well, I'll say an extra thing I'll add on there, Dom. I thought a lot about uh, one of them. I thought a lot about recently was your uh, the science segment that you did on blood sport about the dim mock uh somebody knows you know us here in western new york uh you know dom in buffalo we had the uh recent uh tragedy that turned into what feels like a miracle on the bills and bengals monday night game with damar hamlin um and i they if you listen to that science segment dom talked about uh, what it sounds like they're theorizing happened to him with Again, Dom, you're the scientist. You can explain it, but that, like, uh, how you can, well, hit, like, yeah, hit so... at the right cycle of a heart. That if a hit happens at that, it can stop the heart. And I was watching stuff where they're talking about what might have happened to him, and I'm like, oh, this is what Dom was talking about. This is the exact thing he was talking about in that episode. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't want to. I didn't know if I should bring it up today because it might be a little gauche. But I, I feel like he's he's coming out of it, and, and I'm very happy that yeah, he yeah it's fantastic. But, but it probably uh, and actually there were probably a lot of car. I heard there were a fair amount of cardiologists that watched it happen, and said that it was that the the dimoc, yeah. which is commodio cortis, I believe is, I believe is the term for it. Um, like I said the and and the way they reacted by the way the first responders did a great job yeah, fantastic fantastic exactly what i was talking about he tackled someone there's enough force at the right time his ventricles didn't fill he went into cardiac arrest and the only way you can deal with that is to restart the heart so they put him so they defibrillated him and that was that's what you got to do so um yeah i mean i i I said that I said that to my wife. I go, I like this is days later. I'm like, remember that thing I talk about in the blood sport one where you know where he, he hits the bricks and she's like, what does that have to do with that? I'm like, well, the dim mock is kind of what happened here. And she's like, oh really? And I go, yeah. I don't know if I'm gonna bring it up, but it's true. So I'm glad you brought it up. Pretty interesting though, and I'm glad yeah, he's well. It is. Well, as we're recording this, he's out of the hospital. He it sounds like he's doing great. So awesome story here. Um, you know, it's been uh, what was really, you know, traumatic just to watch on TV. I can't imagine what it was like for 
uh, you know, everybody on that field that day, but, you know, it looks like we're getting a great ending to that. So, um, you know, we've talked about before that our community uh, in Buffalo has gone through so much this past year. Um, you know, it's awesome to see something like that then really turn around and have a positive ending. So hopefully, uh, you know, for the bills, that'll continue and help lifting up our community. And uh, it was just interesting again, um, you know, again, not that we're, um, you know, if that's something you want to know more about again in that episode, uh, Dom talked about that a little bit more. So it's kind of cool to have a little bit of that, of that background and experience or, you know, explanation prior. So that was really cool. And again, awesome that, uh, you know, we're getting a good ending to this story. So, uh, you know, we're all rooting for you, Damar. Uh, hope that everything continues to go great. And yes. uh, yeah, just cool to see where just the fun stuff that we talk about here ends up connecting to stuff going on, you know, in the wider world around us. So uh, really cool stuff, Tom. And that's, you know, why I love, I know personally why I love the science segment, because we get so much different stuff in it that whether it's, uh, you know, me watching a movie where someone gets their neck broken and now I could say, that's not how you break a neck. <laughs> or, you know, I'm considering the the anatomy of Ninja Turtle combat. Uh, Dom teaches us many great things. Uh mm-hmm. Dom, you have passed your your science experiment of uh, <laughs> surprise science segment. Uh, that's good stuff. Um, can I, I can I poll you guys before we go? Yes, you can. I want to. I want to poll. I want to poll. Out of all the movies that we reviewed, which one did you like the least? Oh, Ooh. that's cool. That's a good one. I'll, I'll start with mine. Go for it. Mine is easily above the law. Same. That movie <laughs> might not have been the worst movie, but I hated it. I was just, it made me <laughs> angry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're wondering how, go back and listen to the podcast. But good goddamn. Good goddamn. How did that man become an, an, an action icon? It's just appalling. Yeah, same, same, same. We same. gotta, we gotta do more Seagal just to deal with. Do we? Though? Do we? Jay missed that one, so he. Oh yeah, that's oh, I true. Jay, Jay's got to come in so he can weigh in on on Big Steve. Yeah, we'll we'll do another one. Um, Jay, Matt, do you have other least favorites? God, above the law is just a big bag of dog shit, isn't it? It's <laughs> just Jesus. Yeah, I'm glad we only had to do that once. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I guess because we're covering a lot of movies we we usually like, uh, but yeah, I got to go above the lot too. <laughs> well, so thanks. I Stromy. will go. <laughs> Bang up. Yeah, let's there, blame but... that all on Stromy. Um, I just to for the sake of giving something slightly different, I will probably go enter the ninja. I just I kind of wow. detest. I that detest hurts. the. Yeah, I love that, that it's. It's canon. I love that Menachem Golan directed it. Um, you know, it's its own thing, but it's I just detest the whole the white ninja thing. Um <laughs> Franco Nero is like... a ninja. Just I, how can you go wrong with it? <laughs> that I'm was right just... with you. That wasn't ironic. <laughs> I know it wasn't. No, no, it's not. It, it's absolutely sincere, Jay. You you and I okay. what I learned oh, tonight. Oh, so you were oh, that's right. You yeah. were my my defender. Thank you. Yeah, what, what I've learned tonight more than anything else. I don't mean to cut <laughs> you off, Mike, but what I've learned is that Jay and I, you and I, you, you, we are fellow travelers. Like you... <laughs> Yes. 
we have high taste and low brow. I feel like is maybe the best <laughs> best way you can put it. Some people say taste for dog shit, but I mean that's too, putting too fine a point on it. I think we we like what we like. That's right. And it yeah, some people may not like it, but you know, some people don't like foie gras. Well, that's what makes I think our crew here awesome. That we have a range of different tastes here, so. Yeah, we don't we don't all go into the movie with the exact same opinion, and you know, hopefully, we give it a wide range of views. And if you find this is your uh, hidden gem or your stinky pile of dog shit, um, you've hopefully you may have a voice for yourself That's in our show. So, with those voices and closing, guys, I just want to, uh, you know, as we sign off, I want to hear from everybody looking at the year ahead. What are maybe uh, three movies you are hoping that we will cover next year? And, you know, I'll be writing this down so I can start planning out our schedule. But uh, <laughs> no, I'm just interested in kind of for our audience, you know, so they know, hey, what are some movies that we all are personally interested in doing this? And I can start. I know the three I'm really excited to cover. Hopefully one is Kung Fu Hustle. I just really nice. want to talk about the baddest old lady ever. Um, number two, one of my favorite Shaw Brother movies clan of the white lotus i love that one i need to talk about pi may and number three i want to take us into a little bit of a different genre and i really want to cover blade of the immortal because i want to talk samurai oh, yes, and yes. i want to talk about oh, i'm going to mispronounce his name takashi mikay mikay yeah, good to me right yeah okay yeah hopefully i did that right but he's a legend i love samurai movies that movie is freaking wild it's wonderful. so yeah that's those are ones i want to cover uh matt uh, I mentioned two already. I think Man from Hong Kong is one we should do just because we need more Brian Treasured Smith in our lives. Uh, Battle Angel Alita, I think, would be awesome to do this year. Um, and actually, we'll go three for three because I, I want to have Keeney on at some point, Laura Keeney. And I think we should do Boxer's Omen. Ooh, nice. yeah. Yeah. And bonus, Boxer's Omen has our patron saint, Polo yes, Young, in it, I yes, believe. It does. So uh, we got to get another bolo in here soon. Nice. Uh, Dom, how about you? Um, I want to do a Batman movie or even the whole Nolan trilogy as, as, a, as an episode. I totally, like I said, I want to do some Batman stuff. We got to do one of those. I want to do a John Wick. I don't care which one it is, but, but I, I definitely want to do a John Wick. I, I will break down that movie kill by <laughs> kill by kill. And yeah, we have to. Here's a left field one. Ooh, have you okay. guys seen the movie Nobody? Yeah, that was one of my big discoveries this year too. I love that movie. I have oh, not... with Odenkirk, right? I've yeah. heard. Yeah. I had a couple people recommend that to me. That is yeah. high on my to watch yeah. list. Yeah, I think I think it should be done. I think it should be done. Definitely. Nice. Never in my I wildest like dreams did I think Bob Odenkirk was going to be an action star. I yeah. love that man. If you told that me, man, if you told me when I was watching Mister Show when I was seventeen that he was going to be an action hero, I'd be like, "Oh, fuck yourself." <laughs> but I also oh. didn't have it down that the other guy was going to be an insurrectionist. So there we are. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, David Cross? No, Jay Johnston. Okay, I was like, David yeah. Cross is definitely not. No, the, the herky jerky. Uh, oh yes, I I Show. forgot. Jay Ugh. Johnston. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we've. Uh, I got you worried about David Cross for a second, huh? I know. I was like, wait, I think I I like follow him pretty closely. He's like one of my favorite comics. Yeah. Uh, 
All right. Yeah. Ex- good stuff, Dom. All right, Jay. Close us out. Give us uh, give us three. Um, so I want to get on, on the raid game. So I'd love to do the raid two because uh, I missed yes. uh, the raid one episode. Uh, we need raid closure. Um, also, I, I mentioned before about Albert Pune's nemesis. I think we'd have a ton of fun with that. Yes. And uh, uh, finally, the one I've been pitching for a while now, but it's just really hard to see uh, Ricky O, the story of yes. Ricky, which yes. is like my favorite prison movie ever. Yes. And we were just talking about that because I had not realized that's a category three movie. So, oh, nice. We were talking about cat three movies. Yeah. That I, so I'm really excited because then we can talk about cat move, cat three movies and what they mm-hmm. are and all that. Ooh, good stuff. All right, guys, we've got hopefully a lot of fun stuff. Hopefully you've liked listening to us talk about movies and uh, the movie world over the past year. And hopefully you're excited for the year ahead for us. We've got even more coming. If you have particular stuff that you want to hear from us or, uh, you know, whether it's uh, specific movies or if you want to be like our previous guest, uh, friend of the show, Kyle Starks, and request a specific science segment. Um, <laughs> Dom delivered that one off the dome. That was that could have been a top one there. That was a, a request. Dom delivered a, quite a lesson off the top of the dome. That was fantastic. So again, let us know. Uh, you can find us on Instagram or Twitter as long as Twitter continues to exist for now. Uh, pun- at Punches and Popcorn. Uh, we're on Facebook too, so you can find us on there, Punches and Popcorn, uh, or email us. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Punches and Popcorn at gmail.com. And um, yeah, let us know uh, what you like, what you don't. Uh, subscribe if you don't already. Give us a review on those podcast apps and make sure you listen to all the shows uh for our friends on our fellow friends on the lunch door podcast network including of course the legendary anomaly uh food about town um mimosas with besties of course the beer review journal and um the what's our wrestling one i forget that one matt uh we don't have a wrestling one i thought there was a wrestling one i you know maybe i just want us to have a wrestling. yeah you're just Maybe bringing that out. It's, it's just wrestling talk. You know what? I think that means I need to go watch some wrestling now. Yeah. So, yeah. so with that, folks, uh, good night. Happy 2022. We're here to 20. We're here to for 2023. I'm out. This has been a presentation of the Lunch Hour Podcast Network. <laughs>